When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Welcome back to Trafice. I am Walter. We're here again. And guess what? We brought a friend today, Mr. Harry Van Ness. <laughs> I can't taste or smell anything. Oh, good. We're worried already. Uh, yes, everybody. It is Trafice. We're back. And we are talking about some pre-free agency uh, issues for some teams, right? We got, uh, we're talking about the AFC East, right? The AFC least, if you will. Um, and again, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jets, of which one of these teams, Harry, is a fan of. Unfortunately, it's the one that just went 2-14. and 14. It's true. It's very true. It's almost half-heartedly true but entirely true too yeah um yes yeah, so we are back and we are talking about these teams uh harry what have you been up to lately uh just doing a lot of work uh, drinking a lot of pepsi and just waiting for football to get back yes and if you want you can follow the podcast at draft on twitter at draft underscore football on instagram you can follow me at brojo death is in the end of life punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer and like follow subscribe this podcast is a podcast on football and you can follow harry at Harry Van Ness on Instagram.com and OnlyFans. There's a .com for Instagram? I thought that's like more of an... All right, cool. Yeah. Instagram.com. And OnlyFans. And OnlyFans. Uh, I'm actually a subscriber to Harry's OnlyFans. Uh, this is how you lose a lot of money monthly. But go ahead, subscribe. Uh, he will send you feet pics. I will. And pics of other stuff. I'll, uh, I'll act like a dog. Sometimes I'll just do a point of view where I just listen to you talk about your day because people need that too not just their all right so since we are excited to talk about the ASCEs (laughs) and uh did not get people too much into the dog uh fetish if you will uh yes we were talking about the ASCEs the Jets the Patriots the Bills and the Dolphins and let's talk about the former uh, we will end with the Jets right because it should end with the Jets got to end on a low note but it's a sexy team to talk about this year they got so much going on for them uh, but we will start with the former leaders of this division, the New England Patriots, because they've been in the news a bit. Yes. They they re-signed Cam Newton, one Mr. Cam Newton, the, the former number one overall pick, former Panthers quarterback, was the quarterback of the Patriots last year, looked kind of good until he got the COVID, uh, and then he kind of came back, did not do well, did not look like he had any chemistry, but also that, that team did not look like it was good anyway. He comes back on a one-year deal. Yes, it, he can, I think, believe, get up to $14 million, but most of that's incentive. About $9 million in incentives to bring back Cam Newton. Uh, $5 million of that is going to hit their real cap. Uh, $2 million signing bonus. $1.5 million base salary uh, guaranteed. And one point five total in pregame roster bonuses. So basically $5 million to keep Cam Newton. If they want to cut him by the beginning of the year, it costs them $5 million. Um, or trade them. Uh, a bunch of their st- a bunch of these incentives are like if he goes to the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl MVP, things like that. Those are the things that will make him more expensive. Um, so he will probably hit their – depending on which one of these bonuses are considered likely to be achieved, uh, that will affect how much he hits their, uh, their salary cap this year. Harry, what do you think about Cam Newton coming back to the Patriots? I'm going to be honest. I think it was a dumb idea. Um, you know, I've always talked about how Brady's a system quarterback. I still think he is, but he's a system quarterback that's better than Cam fucking Newton. I I would like to uh, maybe take a step back from saying that Cam Newton can't be can't somewhat have a resurgence. I like this move not because I think Cameron Newton is going to be the quarterback of the Patriots next year. I like this move because it gives them something, right? It gives them a veteran quarterback who now is in year two of their system, knows a lot of their players, knows their coaching staff. Hopefully hopefully they'll have some healthy receivers also. Yes, maybe they draft a guy. Maybe they sign somebody in free agency because they could do all the above and it would probably help that team a little bit. Um, Speaking about this, though, Cam Newton, like I said before, that Seahawks game earlier this year was really good. Then he got the COVID. A lot of things kind of happened. Looked like he started looking like the Cam Newton a few years ago when he was injured. Uh, I think 
they liked having a mobile quarterback. I think this signals something, folks. I think this signals that they're not going to go after the Mac Joneses of the world. This sounds like they're going to, if Justin Fields falls, they'll go after Justin Fields. Uh, try to trade up with the Lions at seven if he falls to seven stupidly. Uh, or Trey Lance, right? Another mobile quarterback who has a good deep ball arm, very similar to Cam Newton. Get a guy, get one of those guys in there, right? Like one of these good athletic quarterbacks. Uh, if Fields is the guy they get, it's going to be unfair. It's really going to be unfair. It's going to be ridiculous when Fields is the fourth quarterback taken and it's the Patriots trading up with, like, the Detroit Lions for a couple of future picks. I'm crying just thinking about it. Right? I'm just – and the Jets, Harry's got tears coming down his face right now, Jets folks. draft Zach Jones, and he's just going to end up being Mormon Mark Sanchez. Zach Jones. Is that the combination of Zach Wilson and Mac, Mac Jones? The, it's like we had to fuse them together to get almost as good. What, it's like oh, Zach, oh, Zach Wilson, the guy from BYU. Yes. Yeah. Which, listen, either one would probably be the wrong choice over Justin Fields. Although, listen, there are people PFF like Zach Wilson really well right now. Uh, Chris Sims really likes Zach Wilson to the point where I'm pretty sure his hands underneath the... Uh, never mind. Um, I'm just saying Chris Sims really likes Zach Wilson, everybody. Uh there, and there are a lot of people who like Zach Wilson. There's some rumors that Zach Wilson might be considered a better prospect than one Mr. Trevor Lawrence, who's going to the Jaguars. I am not of this opinion, folks, but I've I've heard people say it. Chris Sims. Chris Sims that said it. I don't know why saying that twice makes it so much better, but who knows? Um PFF has said that, you know, some of the people from PFF said it's not the most ridiculous concept in the world. He did grade very, very well this year. Um, I think it's weird because you have that longevity with both Fields and Lawrence. Both have had really good years uh, prior to this one. I know people got a little squeamish on Justin Fields uh, due to the, you know, the Northwestern game and the Indiana game. Um, I've looked at those games, and there's some things to be worried. Like, I don't know if worried is the right word. I think there are things that he does that are concerning, but there's also things that he does in that game that are very good. There's a little bit of too much hero ball. Uh, I think if you're, uh, it also might be more of the offensive design concepts. Anyway, we're not here to talk entirely about quarterbacks. The reason why we are talking quarterbacks is about two of these teams that are probably drafting quarterbacks, though. So we do have to kind of give a little bit of insight on it. Um, so yes, they they bring back Cam Newton. I think this signals they might want a more athletic quarterback going forward. I think they liked what they saw from Cam Newton, what he can do. You know, as opposed to having Brady, who if you had a couple of receivers that could get some you know who were good in the the short areas that was his big benefit that was what he did really well was utilizing Edelman and reading coverages and again being again he was good in that offense uh I think now what they like is if they could get that from somebody but combine that with athleticism I think that's what they're looking for yeah. going forward. I think that's what they, – they liked what they saw. I think the, the mobility has kind of intrigued them now. It doesn't mean they can't necessarily trade for another quarterback like Mariota and have a competition if, say, it doesn't. they don't get the guy they want in the draft. That would be an option for them. And I think – I always kind of thought Mariota would be the one landing there still. Mm -hmm. um, you would have two athletic quarterbacks who can run and throw the ball pretty well. I think that would maybe be the next option on my list if I was looking at another guy to go after if I wasn't drafting a guy in this draft this year. Um, let's talk a little bit about the money situation because they got money, folks. They got lots of money uh, by by switching to Geico. But even by not switching to Geico, they saved so much money. Um, they have uh, upwards of $60 million in cap space. They did just trade for Trent Brown. Uh, that was a, I think a big deal. They got him for, I think it was like they traded a fit. They did a pick swap. They, they swapped a fifth round pick for a seventh round pick. Trent Brown, formerly a right tackle on the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Now who's previously a tackle on the, the Patriots who walked in free agency a few years ago. They netted a comp pick for him. They traded a fifth rounder to get him back. They're going to be paying him about 15 million, which is not that much. Um, they're losing Joe Tooney in free agency. I think they might release Marcus Cannon or trade him somewhere to a team that might need a, uh, a, a tackle because Marcus Cannon opted out last year. They actually had quite a few opt-outs. Yes. Um, 
Devontae Ty- Hightower knocked, yep. popped it out. Hightower, Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung. So getting Deontay Hightower back might be a big deal. I could see them cutting Patrick Chung. I actually don't know if they can cut Patrick Chung. I know I kind of always thought uh, Hightower. I, I thought one of these guys were, was more cuttable than the other one. I have a note here on that. Um, Dante Hightower, they could release him and save nine, almost $10 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Like that's more money that they'd be he'd be going into free agency and all these trades with. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, they could save seven million by trading or cutting him. There were talks already this year about trading him uh, earlier in the season. Some talks about what his value might be. Maybe they could trade him for a player. They did have J.C. Jackson, who's a restricted free agent, who played really well. Like uh, him and uh, Xavier Howard had a ridiculous amount of interceptions this year. Uh, I don't know if it's because they both played a lot of the same guys who kept on throwing interceptions, but J.C. Jackson is a restricted free agent. They're probably going to re-sign him, tender him as a first-rounder, and, and maybe even extend him. So they're getting younger on that on that corner room. Uh, that might mean that it's a good time to, to kind of see if they can get something for Gilmore because Gilmore's getting up there in years. He did not play very well when he played on the outside last year. He played really well when he played in the slot. So you're finding a team that like needs like an elite slot corner. Maybe you could trade him. Maybe they keep him because again, but again, 14 million for a slot corner is a lot. Considering you could trade him, yes, you will get seven million dollars in dead cap, but you would you'd be clearing seven million dollars and maybe be able to dra- sign a guy like William Jackson the third, Shaquem Griffin, uh, a couple of the other corners that might be out there, uh, Jadobia Woozy. Uh, again, like they might be able to go after some of the major free agent guys and rebuild through free agency or trades. Again, teams are trading guys left and right right now, and the Patriots, because they're one of like the three teams, four teams that have an excess in cap space, can really attack. And I think they are going to find some. So they are going to be very malleable and attack some maybe uh, potential free agents to to sign. Uh. They did just re-sign Justin Bethel to a three-year, $6 million contract. Uh, a couple of other guys they could release to even clear more cap space, like I said before, with Stephon Gilmore and Deontay Hightower. Bo Allen would clear another $2 million. Akeem Spence would clear $2 million. Uh, Julian Edelman would th- save $3.4 million. And then Marcus Cannon would save $7 million. And again, like trading Marcus Cannon to another team, somebody who's looking for a right tackle right now, uh, like maybe the Ravens, if they manage to trade away uh, Orlando Brown, and they're like, you know what, we don't have another right tackle, but we got rid of Orlando Brown because he wants to be a left tackle, and he says he won't play for us unless he's left tackle, and we already have a left tackle who he just extended. Maybe they go there, and they get like maybe a third or fourth round pick for Marcus Cannon, clear up another seven million dollar in cap space. Uh, you know, if the if uh, especially because they, like I said before, they traded for Trent Brown. And they also have uh, Awehu, who played right tackle for him this year, who played really well. They have Isaiah Wynn, who, when he's been healthy, has played really well and has played tackle for them. So they have a good situation as far as uh, as far as their offensive line goes. And they seem like, even without Skarnecki, they developed guys last year. They had guys yeah. that came along and played really well for them. So I, I think uh, the Patriots... Offensively, like they're going to be losing Joe Thune in free agency. This is why I don't know if they go necessarily the uh, the signing route. Is they're losing Thune in free agency? They love those comp picks. If somebody's going to give Thune a ton of money, maybe they go after guys who are getting cut, right? Like yeah, yeah. John Brown just got released. Mm. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know if Sanders really wants to go there. It sounds like Sanders might be going to the Packers, uh, or at least there's been rumors that he might like to go there and he would take a discount to go there. So there's a couple of options on the table for the Patriots, maybe for going after guys who are getting released and some maybe cheaper free agent options. Maybe that's also the reason maybe they keep Gilmore. Uh, what else do you think about the, the, the Patriots right now? I, I do like the idea of them signing John Brown, a very good uh, a very good receiver. He's like, remember, he was the number one guy for uh, for Buffalo a couple years ago. But, you know, Buffalo, obviously, they have Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs now. And that's what the Patriots are known for doing. The Patriot way is, is taking, taking trash. I'm not calling – I'm by no means calling John Brown trash. But taking another man's trash and another man's treasure. Taking guys who didn't work out of their places like Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, and then turning them into stars in that Belichick offense. I agree. I think that like, – I, I, 
the only thing is John Brown said he really is eager to go to either the Colts or the Steelers. I don't think Steelers are signing him, but the Colts have some money to throw around as well. They're one of the other two teams that has money. Uh, I think both teams should be in the market. Both the Colts and the Patriots should be in the team for a deep threat wide receiver because that's what's worked for Cam Newton in the past. Yes. Having a guy who can take the coverage and, again, Cam Newton, you know, top-end shelf, Cam Newton, when is he good? When he's got a guy taking the top off the defense and he's throwing a ball to some guy like Ted Ginn Jr., who hasn't played in the last, like, like you barely see him do anything, and all of a sudden he's playing with Cam Newton, he's catching deep balls every three weeks. It's So maybe they go for another deep threat if they don't get John Brown. Maybe they go for John Ross. Uh, again, like you're saying, taking somebody off the trash heap and, yeah. and re reclamating them. John Ross would be a huge yeah. reclamation project. Yeah. Especially if they're going after one of these other free uh, other guys in uh, in the draft, Justin Fields has a great deep ball. Trey Lance has a great deep ball. Uh, if Marquise Goodwin gets released by the Eagles, which is probably a, a huge possibility, they yeah. traded for him last year. He had no guarantees on his contract. He opted out. He's a guy who might get released to clear up another five million, or they might trade with the Eagles again because again, it's a five million dollar contract. It really costs nothing. So again, you'd be getting a, a deep threat wide receiver. Marquise Goodwin's known for just being a track star. Again, you want to get those guys who can maybe take the top off the defense, uh, guys who they can look at in this draft. There's, you know, like I, we've talked about Elijah Moore uh, quite a bit because you're, Miss. yeah, yes. he, if you yes. don't know, Harry's the old Miss guy on this show. Yeah. Wide receiver, you. Yeah, uh, he he's an absolute. And by the way, Elijah Moore, fucking absolute stud. Uh, if you watch any defensive back film and they play Ole Miss, you're watching somebody getting roasted by Elijah Moore being utilized out of the slot. Again, very gadgety they've used him. But damn it, man. he like, And then even non-gadget routes, he's great. I'm just saying. And then, like, the things you can make him do running out as, like, as a, a doing uh, out of the backfield and out of the slot and out wide, he is – He's got speed. He a lot of the comps I've heard to him, and I I kind of agree. Uh, I mean, I when I see him, I think of maybe not as not as t like not as strong DJ Moore, but at, like almost a little bit faster. Uh, can take the contact now. DJ Moore was definitely more of an X receiver. I don't know if he could he will line up on the outside as a split end, but he could definitely line up in the slot. He could probably get some decent releases as uh, as a split end, uh, as a split end, as a flanker. So again, if he's able to get off the line of scrimmage, he's gonna be wrecking some offenses almost immediately. I think he he's gonna be a fun one to watch. That's a guy they should be looking to get speed. Jalen, the Jalen Dardens in this draft, the two two Atwells, guys who, again, you get the ball in their hands and go because again, you're gonna if they're if they're going after either one of these quarterbacks or they're sticking with Cam Newton or they're trading for Mariota, whatever they're doing, they gotta find speed. There's been no speed. There's been nobody getting separation on this team. Yeah. Their receiving core was jank. It was Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry and Nikhil Harry like. Nobody even thought Nikhil Harry should have went in the first round when he got drafted. Now, granted, you know what? The guy who came out after him from the same school, Brandon Ayuk, he went in the first round. I don't think a lot. I think some people thought maybe first round for him. Nikhil Harry did get some maybes for first round, but again, I, I, I just what he did when he was at ASU was not what you know. He wasn't a separator guy. Maybe you're and, you're using keep, him like a big slot. Yeah. And keep in mind, uh, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf went in the second round in the very same draft. Yes. Oh, my God. Let's not rehash the, yeah. how everybody just slept on D.K. Well, Metcalf. Listen, listen, Pats fans, just be happy you're not the Eagles. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because they – I, at least you have the excuse when you're the Patriots of listen, we've got a ton of Super Bowls and we lost Tom Brady. Let us like have a year or two to like get yeah. to know ourselves without the Tom Brady ness. I think some people are just mad because Tom Brady's somewhere else and it was like, oh, well, he's gone now. It looks like you guys disrespected him. Um, listen, I think they'll bounce back eventually. You do have to figure out the quarterback position. I thought, you know, even before the Cam Newton signing, I thought they would still be in the trade market or maybe go after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, the the idea of re-signing Cam Newton means I think they're going to take this with a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, again, I think they're going to value, you know, I, I think they're going to go after guys who are getting cut. And we're going to see a lot of guys like that. You know, we saw, the, the, uh, I talked about the Lions the other day. They put a value on signing guys who have gotten released. And I think because they're going to try and value the comp pick formula going into this year. They're going to be doing a lot of what the Browns and the Dolphins did a couple years ago. Um. Uh, 
reportedly interested in Jimmy G. Yeah, they've been reportedly yeah. interested in Jimmy G up until this point. Julian Edelman might not even come back. So again, like I mentioned before, Edelman will save a few million if Edelman doesn't come back. Uh, outside of that, looking into this free agent class, they I, they got to get somebody with some level of speed, some separation ability. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to go for a Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Um, I could see them, especially if Edelman's not coming back. If Jameson Crowder gets cut, yeah, I could see them going after him. Please no. Um, <laughs> you're please just like, no. please, we don't he's need. He's one of a few blur- bright spots on our offense. Well, we'll talk a little bit later yeah. about Jameson Crowder. Um, any last thoughts on the Patriots? No, I think I think you said it all. Like uh, when you're mentioning uh, free agent targets, I think obviously this won't happen since he just got franchised. I think Allen Robinson would have been good. But yeah. Well, I think Before. Robinson wants to go to a Super Bowl. I think I don't even. I, I mentioned this. I did the recording the other day. I mentioned uh, the last episode I re- did. I talked about the franchise tags, and I said I don't know if Allen Robinson signs his, and I wouldn't be shocked if Chicago takes it back because it's eighteen million, and they don't have a lot of cap space, and that you have to create roster space. Just you have to make m- room for that money if you franchise tag somebody. And then if he doesn't sign it, you can't trade him. Yeah. So he can he can make it a headache and a half for them to keep him around. I, I just I, I could see Allen Robinson making it a bigger deal. Uh I mentioned before about John Ross. Will Fuller would be an interesting one, especially because oh, yeah. you have Cam Newton. Um I, I don't see them going after Corey Davis because it feels like a lot of the same. He was, he, he he's he's become very like him and Devontae Parker were guys who kept on showing Really cool aspects of what they could do, but never felt like they put together that alpha receiver ability. Um, Humphreys, Adam Humphreys, was a guy who was who they were interested in a few years ago. Maybe they go after him. Uh, he just got released by the Titans. That's a guy, like I said before, they might go after guys who are getting released more than, say, the guys who are still on rosters. Um, outside of that, though, like defensively, I could see them attacking i don't know because they've never been a team that like was aggressive at edge rusher right they've never really been the team that like i don't see them going after shaq barrett if they did it i wouldn't like it would be kind of cool but i just don't see them being the team to go after the highest paid free agent they're always like the team that like they're losing dietrich wise and a couple of other guys but nobody like else really big named outside of thuny so i i could see them maybe trying to you know maybe trade for malcolm brown who used to be on their team they i think they drafted him actually he went to the saints and now the saints are looking to try to trade him away to kind of clear some cap space uh that'd be a guy maybe they look at um outside of that again there's a lot of safeties available they have a lot of safeties they drafted safeties they they still have the mccordy twins well jason mccordy's a free agent Maybe they re-sign him because he's been good for them. Yeah, Jason McCourty's like for like somebody who's in his thirties playing corner. He's been shockingly good. They they still that's the only team when they have thirty year old corners they still work. Everybody else they hit thirty something and they all just go away. You know, like that's yeah. it. Um, outside of some reclamation projects though, I I see them being very cautious in free agency. Um, except for wide receiver. I, I think receiver's got to be the one they got to be, especially because they haven't drafted receiver well. Not at all. Not since Edelman. Not, yeah. Like, the the last major receiver that you drafted well was Edelman. I don't know. Maybe Juju Smith-Schuster would be an interesting one, yeah. uh, if, especially if they're going for somebody who has a lot of good short area game. If they are going for the Mac Jones kind of uh, draft, uh, I, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily what they're going to do is go after Mac Jones in this draft. I know some people have rumored it. Um, but if you're, if you're looking to bring back the short area game – Juju Smith-Schuster would be a fun one. I, I literally, I think the number one thing is get get weapons. Get weapons for this team. Get a quarterback. Whatever which way you do it, whoever you end up drafting, that's got to be the the plan here. I You know, like, I you can't keep screwing up your drafts anymore. You can't be relying on, like, you're your patting yourself on the back kind of deal. Um, I, you know, again, I, I maybe they go after Justin Coleman. He's been a solid slot corner. He got released from the lines as well. Outside of that, it's going to be a couple of defensive players and receiver should be the number one target. Let's go to the, let's go to your team. So we we would hang off on them, but feels like a good time to yes. get into this is the other storyline of this offseason, right? Right. The Jets. Uh, let's go into how you feel about Robert Sala. Love the hire. Absolutely love it. He is like he 
He was like he led the 49ers to a top defense when most of their best players were out. They lost to Forrest Buckner. Nick Bosa's been hurt most of the year. So you're, uh, Richard Sherman's been hurt also. So I, I really do like this. It sounds like an interesting fact is that uh, Deshaun Watson actually wanted uh, Robert Sala to become the new head coach of the Texans, which I'm just I'm just saying. I'm not saying anything else. I'm just yeah. There's been rumors of that, and we are and we uh, Harry's going to be on the show where we talk about the AFC South. We'll talk about some of the uh, you know the Texans and what they might do and what they have done. Um, but we do have to kind of talk about that option about them potentially trading for Deshaun Watson. I just don't see it being likely because it's too too good to be true. And I just don't see the Texans getting value for Watson. I don't see the Texans being smart about it. I I see the Texans they, well, they, sitting well, on well, their thumbs. Well to, well, to be fair, look what they got for DeAndre Hopkins. So it's not like they are the Texans. They, yeah, well, that's my point, is if they were smart about it and they just truly believed he was not going to be there anymore, they would call up the Jets, call up Miami, the teams that have two and three, and try to get a quarterback in this draft try to get as much for Deshaun Watson as you can. Multiple first-round picks in the next two years, maybe even three years if you could pull it off. And, you know, that's why the Panthers might be a team that they might be interested in trading him to um, because if you might the, – the only thing that I could see and the reason why maybe they would go with the Panthers outside of maybe the, the Jets or the Dolphins, both teams we will be talking about today, uh, is I believe that they might want to get a couple of picks into the future. Right, And I think Miami and the Jets, yes, you can get a lot of value right now from Miami and the Jets, and they wouldn't cripple their teams. But I could also see them being like, you know what, like we're not getting anything out of it going into the future. And if you're a team that's rebuilding, you want to have as much future capital as you can get. So I, that's why I think the Texans might go maybe with the Panthers. That's the only team that I see as being a dark horse to overtake the, the Dolphins and the Jets as favorites, though. Um, let's pretend that the Texans are going to keep being dumb because they are. Mm-hmm. So we let's pretend Deshaun Watson's not on the table, which is not hard to pretend. Yeah. They got a ton of cap space. Uh, by my records, it's almost $70 million in cap space. They, that I think, I think that's actually including the tag with Marcus May, by the way, they just tagged Marcus May. $10 million, and the reason why they were able to maintain that and not really eat into their cap, they released Henry Anderson, who was a guy who they, they traded for a couple of years yeah. ago, gave him an extension, really hasn't panned out since that, that one year he, that he came in on the trade. Um, they This is a team that's probably got to be looking at free agency like, like, yeah. like we got to rebuild this team right now. Right. Like they might not be I, I don't think they're going to be like I hear a lot of rumors that they might go for some big name tickets. And the only big ticket name I can see them going after is a guy who we just talked about on in the last team was Joe Dooney. They might be players on him because they were interested in him last year as a big ticket player. Um, The only reason that I don't think that is Joe Douglas has made it ve- sound like he is very much into building through the draft. He might want to save some of this money going forward while still taking advantage of some of the, the free agent. The, this this economy is going to be great. It's going to be a buyer's market, and I do think the Jets are going to be buyers in it. I just I think the Jets are going to have to attack it strategically. Uh, get guys who can come in to help bolster Sala's defense, who know it already. Yeah. Like we were, you said Richard before, Sir, Richard, Richard Sherman. Sherman. Uh, I was thinking Jaquiski Tart, safety from the, the 49ers. Uh, Akilah Witherspoon's also a free agent. They actually have – the 49ers have like four defensive backs who are free agents, one of whom Emmanuel Mosey just re-signed with them on a two-year deal. The fact that he's the only one, though, so far mentioned as far as a guy who's been re-signed by them makes me think that the other three guys are leaving. Uh, all of Akilah Witherspoon, uh, Verrett, is also a free agent who's been amazing at man coverage and yeah. gave Sela the ability to do a lot of things that they weren't really able to do and probably allowed them to stay a top end defense without Despite a lot of their the injuries. Yeah, with, with missing a lot of their key end players. Now, the problem with, with Jason Verrett, injury prone. Yeah. He's been injured so much of his time, almost his entire time with the Chargers. I got a question what's going on, what happens with that Chargers medical staff because it feels like every player gets injured on the Chargers. Um, Varecos, uh, the 49ers ends up saving a little bit of his career. Uh, I gotta think, but then again, he kind of sparked his career with the, with the chargers too. So there's, it's a little bit of give and take. Um, 
but Varek goes from the 49ers to the Jets, that's a key piece. Like, that's a, a versatile piece to have. Uh, Sayla's defense, right? Very much built around the cover three, but also cover four. He He's very much on the, uh, I want to be able to rush four. When you're doing that, you need to look at guys who are going to be available in free agency to build up your defensive line. It's it's safeties and defensive line and guys who are going to be able to make the calls. That's why I think Jaquiski Tart, big guy for them to get. Yeah, safety knows your system. It's going to come in there. I, I we haven't even talked about the offense, right? Right. Uh, they they signed Michael Fleur, mm-hmm. right? Uh, who was QB coach, kind of or co a passing game coordinator in San Fran, uh, was one of uh, Shanahan's top lieutenants. His brother is the the head coach in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur. Yeah, and uh, when when he tried to poach him from the 49ers, Shanahan said, nah, nah, you're not doing that. You're gonna, He's going to stay here. Why? Because I think he had a plan. I think Shanahan – this is why I love the Sayla hire. Yeah. Sayla and Shanahan, I think, are going to be tied at the hip. I yeah. think – Shanahan wants Sayla to succeed, and he wants to succeed more than anybody else outside of himself. It's a, This is why them not being in the same conference is amazing, different divisions, because you, you saw what Shanahan let him do. A guy who, now granted, if you because uh, LaFleur was not a play caller already, mm-hmm. the fact that he, they just changed the rules, that if you were giving somebody play calling duties, you were allowed to poach them off the team as an assistant. That was not always the rule. Uh, so they would have been able to poach LaFleur. He allowed him to poach the offensive line coach. That's pretty impressive. That's yeah. a shocking thing because that's typically not the – I thought they were going to let him take the assistant offensive line coach. He's like, no, no, man. Sayla, you take my dude. You get my you get my O-line coach. That's pretty sick. And his run game coordinator is now going to be his, his true offensive coordinator – uh, Mike McDaniel's. So we're not even talking about the 49ers, and I'm already like I. This is why I love this hire so much. It sounds like two coaches who are going to be on opposite sides of the universe, but who are yo, bro. I got your got back. You, got you. I got you. You need like so when people are worried about Mike Lafleur eventually getting poached down the line, which he will. Yeah. But listen, you hope he is because you know what? That means your team's doing good. Yeah. So when he gets poached down the line, and he probably will, you have. A pipeline to steal another guy who is being developed, who's being who, who who Shanahan believes should be your next guy. I think that relationship is going to go well for Sayla and Shanahan in the future, and it'll go. It possibly could go both ways. When you know, say uh, the 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 D coordinator in San Fran doesn't work out in two years, maybe Sayla has a guy that he's been developing, and he's saying, "Listen, man, you know what?" Or say Joe Woods doesn't work out in uh, in Cleveland. I hope he does, guy. Oh, godly, I hope he does. But maybe he says, "Yo, man, take a look at Joe Woods. He kind of helped me develop my my scheme and my system, which is very true." When Joe Woods went to San Fran, he was the guy that helped develop. Uh, Sayla's defensive system. Like, you remember a couple years ago, Sayla's cover three defense was letting things loose all the time. They get a bunch of talent on the defensive line, but they also started running a lot more cover two, a lot more cover four. Uh, they, it's still a team that does not blitz a lot. They they, they very much value, listen, we're going to play zone, we're going to play off, we'll play we'll play man. Like I said before, Verrett allowed them to adapt. He's now had time where he's developed a team where it'll adapt very well. I am very much a fan of this hire. Um, I think they are going to attack the defensive line and they're going to go after pass rushers and free agency because yes. I think that's a big part. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of pass rushers, both in free agency and in this draft class. Not a top one, though. This draft class is weird at edge rusher. You will hear it all the time. There's probably It's about 10 to 15 deep as far as guys who are intriguing, guys who you might like. It's going to be a big debate as to who should be, you know, Edge rusher five, right? It, you know, starting at the top, the top three guys in this edge rushing draft class, uh, you know, you can make an argument about uh, whether you think Gregory Rousseau should be the top end guy, the guy out of Miami who opted out this year, his teammate or a guy who should have been his teammate but really wasn't his teammate because they didn't play the same year, uh, uh, Jalen Phillips, right? People love him. I love him, but he's got concussion issues. He's got a couple of uh, medical red flags, so people are a little bit worried. He had to kind of basically. Uh, retire 
from uh, from playing at UCLA, came down to Miami, played this year, played amazing. Would If he did not have the medical red flags, would be the number one pass rusher in this class potentially. Then you also have Aziz Ojolari, very much a Yannick Ngakwe form kind of uh, player, form of pass rusher, who a few years ago probably wouldn't went in the third round, but he's probably going to go in the first round this year because we've seen the development of guys like Brian Burns, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Josh Allen was much bigger and more athletic, and so was so was Brian Burns. Those guys were very athletic, but Yannick Ngakwe has turned into a very good pass rusher. We've seen other guys like that develop, even Shaq Barrett. We uh, so I could see them maybe valuing Aziz Ojolari kind of in the similar way the Falcons valued Vic Beasley and uh, Tack McKinley a few years ago. Uh, they might go cheap. They might go just for Dion Jordan or uh, an, uh, a Ziggy Ansa. But I do think they at least try to throw a little bit of money at defensive line. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson from the, the Giants to help bolster up the middle. Yeah. Although, granted, to be fair, it's not like the Jets need any help building up the middle. The defensive line, the D-tackles on the Jets, have historically been good, yeah. and they've stayed pretty well. Futakasi. Uh, Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams is going to be the star of the show here, and we saw it when he when Sala was in for, with the 49ers. Eric Armistead, DeForest Buckner really started to show up, especially when listen Nick Bosa came along. Yeah. Um. So, I think they will attack edge rusher. It might be Trey Hendrickson from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Carl Lawson of the Cincinnati Bengals. Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett. That'd be the big money signing. Yeah. That would cost a lot of money. I do think they could do it. I do. I think, I think Joe Douglas is going to be smart with his money. Maybe they'll go for Romeo Quara, who again, I think they would probably rather attack edge rusher and go for multiple cheaper free agents. And this is just because of what I saw last year with Joe Douglas and what I can, you know, I don't think he's going to go spend entirely on star talent. They might. They might go star talent. They. I think they go star talent a different direction. I don't know if it's on defense. I think it's a lot of good guys to really build up the defense and draft guys who could fit in the scheme. I think that's the plan for defense. Offense, I think they go star talent. Yeah. Some level of star talent. Guy who I've been thinking about, right? I, I think about him a lot. Very dirty thoughts about this guy. But, dude, because every team I think about this guy. Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Speed guy. Kind of run back, running back-esque sometimes, but he's got, he's again, legit 4-3 speed. Uh, deep threat, but also could be utilized near the line of scrimmage. Uh, you could utilize him kind of as a uh, as a in jet sweep. You could utilize him going down the field. Uh, what he would bring to a Shanahan style offense that Michael Fleur would be running would be beautiful. I really think it would fit very much what the 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 New York 49ers would be running. Yeah. Um, what are some of your thoughts? Who are guys who you thought maybe you'd want them to go after in free agency? You know, I obviously I mentioned before Allen Robinson, but obviously he got franchise tagged. Who else? Uh, John Brown, who just got released. Interesting option. Yes, he's Kenny Galladay, deep threat guy, but also contested catch kind of guy. Could play the split end position, which is what they probably need, right? Because Denzel Mims could play split end, and and I actually think that's what they were hoping for him to eventually develop into. I don't know if they keep uh, Jamison Crowder. There's been rumblings that they might keep him, they might not keep him. Maybe they keep him this year. Uh, but they can clear $10 million in cap space if they get rid of him. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Or, again, trade him to a team that maybe doesn't feel great about this wide receiver market and is looking for a solid slot corner. A um, couple of other guys they could release. Alex Lewis has not played well for them uh, really the last two years. Uh, that would clear up $5 million. Greg Van Roten would be another $3.4 million. That was a guy who was playing for Carolina. He didn't really pan out. They Last year, they went after a lot of guys in free agency, but a lot of, like, kind of, like I was saying before, it was a lot of maybe this guy will work and maybe not. And then they did similar things in the draft, and two guys kind of worked out. I think uh, Connor McGovern was fine. Yeah. I think they'll keep him. I think they probably get rid of Alex Lewis. Uh, Van Roten, I don't know. I think the only reason why they would keep one of those – the only reason why I think they would keep one of those guys is, listen, at least keep one, right? You at least feel a little bit better if you kept w like one of your guards. Uh, Ryan Griffin would give him a little bit more money, yeah. but not a lot. Um, I, I'm i very intrigued by the hire. I think the, the options they have going into free agency – like I said, they have a lot of money already. Uh, Marcus May, I mean, last year he turned into a real stud. He, yeah. And the the reason why you know, coverage amazing, 
And as a franchise tag player, like, again, safeties are cheap on the franchise tag already. And then this year with this way this cap went, $10 million for Marcus May for one year is a steal. You know, on the free agent market, he's probably making three to four more million dollars a year on that. So I, I think that uh, that was a guy who I think was a smart move that they tagged. Uh, he might not be happy about it. They are losing Brashad Perriman. They don't sound like they're very eager to bring him back. Didn't really fit what Sam Darnold did well, to be honest. Uh, I, I honestly have a couple of ideas where he might go in free agency. Uh, a team that might be, I, I think, maybe the Browns. Uh, he had a good time when he was on the Browns. It was kind of the start of the resurgence of his career before he went to the Buccaneers as well. Uh, and then he had a, a nice little trek of games towards the end of the year that year. Um any thoughts, any further thoughts on them? Yes, one more. It's about quarterback. If we're not getting Deshaun Watson, I think we should keep Sam Darnold. This is what we had to talk about. Yeah. Quarterback, quarterback situation. And, yes, I know if you've listened to any any episode of Draft Vice before, I know I've been hard about Sam Darnold. I haven't been the biggest fan. But you know what? Keep People keep mentioning he's a uh, guy's younger than Joe Burrow. Hopefully we're going to bring some weapons in for him. Our offensive line is improving. Like, Mekhi Becton couldn't have been better his first year. And and also, you also have to remember, the guy's had Adam Gase as his head coach for two-thirds of his career. Now he's got a real coach for him. Yeah, so this is this is definitely – I I so I feel like the way the Jets fans go, about two-thirds to three-quarters are okay jettisoning in Sam Darnold. And I think it was less than that early on. Mm-hmm. I think it was about 50-50 or even more than half wanted to keep Sam Darnold. Um, but when things just got totally bad and they thought they were getting Trevor Lawrence, I think a lot of Jets fans were like, well, it's Trevor Lawrence. You can't give up yeah. on Trevor. You you have to take Trevor Lawrence. Um, then when it, they found out they weren't getting Trevor Lawrence and they weren't really familiar with the other quarterbacks in this draft class, the like, Justin Fields, the Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm a fan of Justin Fields, but I think we'd be better off trading down a couple picks and then maybe drafting either Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith or, again, Sam, a legit stud number one guy. So there's two arguments to be made here, right? Do you think one of the quarterbacks in this draft class is as good or better than Sam Darnold? I think, yes, Lawrence, but we're not going to get him. And, and I think... I think Justin Fields will probably be, but again, we we also don't know. Sam's still young, and I think that that pick would be better served helping him with getting him some weapons. So, so he, here's the one issue with that, though, right? Mm-hmm. If you were wrong on Sam Darnold, right, and yeah. you traded down, you were never going to be sure you're going to have a an opportunity to take. It all depends on a. It all comes down to your evaluation of these quarterbacks. It sounds like overall. There's at least one quarterback you would not mind taking it to say you didn't have Sam Darnold. Yeah. And course. you think it's Justin Fields. Yes. All right. So, because I'm actually in the same boat as you. I, I actually like Justin Fields a lot. Um, I think some of the concerns about him, while good, while solid concerns, are a little overblown. Um, but say you think there's a guy who you are relatively sure can be at least as good, if not better, than Sam Darnold right now. Sam Darnold's on the last year of his deal, right? You also have to make a decision by this May if you are picking up his fifth-year option, which is, uh, I believe, $18 million to, for his fifth-year option. And he's, I think, what, $5 million this year? Mm-hmm. So basically, you split that out. It's about $10 million, $12 million a year. But if you keep Sam Darnold and then you activate that fifth-year option, you are making a commitment for the next two years you are keeping Sam Darnold. Yeah. That's a lot of money, especially next year on your cap, to be committed to Sam Darnold and not be taking a quarterback. And if he doesn't pan out, yeah, it's you are financially tied to him. You missed out on a quarterback this year. You were now further down the line. And then next year, nobody's trading for him on an $18 million contract, right? Right. You can't cut him because it's a now at this point, all those tags are fully guaranteed. Not tags. Uh, the fifth year options are fully guaranteed now. So you can't cut him. Very few teams are going to trade for him at that point. So you are now at the point where you have a quarterback on your roster if he does not work out this year that you were tied to, and you either have to give him an extension or keep waiting it out, and then maybe he pops, but then you have a few other questions, worries, concerns as far as, okay, is this the real thing? Do, you know, Do we give him an extension? And whereas if you say drafted the quarterback of the, the top, you know, outside of Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback that you thought is the best – uh, if it's Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, if you take one of those guys, 
that buys you time, right? Yeah. The value of the rookie QB contract is, especially now, gold. Yeah. Right? If you're talking about paying a guy like less than $10 million a year or $10 million a year to be your quarterback, and you were paying that guy for the next four years $10 million a year, how much did Dak Prescott just make? A fuck ton. One year, $40 million he makes. That's per average. The annual average of Dak Prescott's deal is $40 million. You were getting a quarterback at number two for the same prices all for the next four years for the same price as one year of Dak Prescott. That's insane. And if you think that that guy can be your quarterback, that is a that is a cheat code to getting you to the Super Bowl because you can now spend that money somewhere else. I would not. I am not for this for every team, but for the Jets, I totally understand the argument of going ahead and taking a quarterback in this draft and trading away Sam Darnold or even keeping Sam Darnold. The only problem with keeping Sam Darnold is, is then you're probably not activating his fifth-year option, whereas another team probably would. You were, say, trading him to the Washington football team, you'd be getting a second-round pick, you'd be getting value for him, and you'd be getting a quarterback, and you could spend money elsewhere, and you could spend that pick on another player, and you'd be getting real value for him. Uh, I think that, to me... I, and I was very resistant, too. I am captain trade down. You would get a haul for the number two overall pick. And I believe me, if I thought I could get a haul for the number two overall pick, for instance, the 49ers say they wanted Zach Wilson because they felt like he fitted their scheme so perfectly. They could have him sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to get a couple of first-round picks for that number two overall pick and maybe a couple of second-rounders, and you'd really be able to, to deck out your roster for the next few years. But you still wouldn't be set at quarterback. Yeah, you wouldn't be set at quarterback now, but at least you have a guy on a rookie deal, and you could build around the guy. I whichever one you think is the guy. I, I can't help but think that the value there is so good that you, it's you can almost you're almost losing by by not trading away Sam, by not taking quarterback, by not getting that extra four years. Yeah, because you're paying. Again, probably the same amount for Sam Darnold, and I uh, to to be drafting him uh, to keep Sam Darnold and be trading away that number one overall pick. I'm not saying it would be a bad move; it's a risky move. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know to what extent I which one I would go. It would really come down to your evaluation of the quarterbacks in this draft class. To me, I would take Justin Fields at two. I would trade Sam Darnold. I would try to build an offense that works for Justin Fields. If you think Zach Wilson's the better quarterback, which I totally buy the argument. I think he's good. My issues with with uh, Zach Wilson, part of it's build, and you know he, he invites contact. I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to last through all that, especially because when he inviting contact is not a good thing when you were a, a quarterback who's had some injury concerns. Um, we spent a lot of time on these two teams alone, but the next two teams I think are going to be quicker anyway. Yeah. So these were the two big ones. Um, so let's let's any final thoughts on this. I think uh, I think we've said everything that needed to be said. So let's go to Buffalo. Want to do Buffalo or Miami first? See, it's the next on the list. Uh, it is Buffalo. Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo. They actually have already done a whole bunch of deals. This is why I said like the next two teams are going to be relatively quick, uh, because they've been doing stuff. They've been working to make sure they get under the cap, be able to sign who they want to sign. Uh, they had a couple of guys who were uh, supposed to be free agents. Darrell Williams, the right tackle, who they signed to a one-year deal last year, he popped up and played really well for them. They extended him. They gave him a three-year deal. I think it might be below his market. I think if he hit the free agent market, he probably would have made a few million more. But I don't think it was that much of a discount, considering we are dealing with a COVID cap economy. So maybe his contract would have been in the nine to $10 million range. Brian Bulaga's was $10 million a year, but Brian Bulaga's a couple years older. So I think that he probably could have gotten somewhere in the vein of what Brian Bulaga got. I think more. I think he probably would have made more than Bulaga. I think he would have been close to Conklin, but Conklin had a few more years of consistency, plus he was younger when he hit free agency. So three years, $28.2 million. Uh, averaging about nine million, uh, nine point something million a year. Again, we're not doing too much math on this podcast. Let's be real here. So just under ten million a year. Um, another guy who they extended was Matt Milano, four year, forty four million dollar contract, eleven million dollars a year. This is a guy who I don't think they were sure they were going to get back on the roster. Uh, strong side uh, linebacker, really good in coverage, not great as much as a, as a run defender. But listen, if you have a linebacker who's good in coverage, that's very good. 
Yeah. So they extended Milano. They cut John Brown. They cut Quentin Jefferson. Uh, Quentin Jefferson was about $6.5 million that saved him. Uh, John Brown was another $7.9 million. That definitely probably helped them in, in keeping these guys on their roster. Uh, they also extended Micah Hyde uh, on a two-year deal. One half of the best safety duel in the league. Yes. It, honestly, since uh, McDermott went in there, the, guys that they, the, the first two guys they signed were Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. And that has been the heart and soul of their defense since the moment he walked in the room. And they have been part has been a key part of that defense being good. Them and Trey White. Those three players make their defense so good and versatile and make them one of the best coverage teams in the NFL. It shows you the value of safety that they were able to pull that off and why they extended Micah Hyde, why they like Jordan Poyer. Um, they will probably eventually draft another safety to go ahead. And, and they've run a lot more three safety sets over the years, so I, I could see them even looking at one in this draft. Um, they got Mitch Morse to take a, a pay cut. They got uh, they actually got quite a few guys to take a pay cut to, to help bring back a couple of these players to help make sure that this team going forward. Mario Addison took a little bit of a pay cut. Uh uh, Mitch Morris and I think I think it might have been Vernon Butler as well also took a little bit of a pay cut to come back um between those guys taking the pay cut it shows that the this team wants to win it shows that they there's there's something in Buffalo right now yeah that they want to be there it's not just Josh Allen the, but it's definitely part probably seeing I, the success with and him. I just want to point out the fact that we did it we cyber bullied Josh Allen into becoming good <laughs> Yeah, he got better this year. He got really good this year. No, he is. He is his first two deal. years were miserable, though. That's yeah. the thing. This is why I get annoyed at people when we're so ready to cut bait on a quarterback. Um, not that I haven't slandered Josh Allen in the past. I clearly have. Uh, 100%. Uh, 100%. Um, I, I have, I've been one of the many people to call it his accuracy issues. But, again, his athleticism has definitely shown in the NFL. And now that he's kind of worked on the, the, the accuracy and they've gotten him weapons to that really work for him, specifically Stephon Diggs. Yeah. That, that was a, a gold maneuver by them, by getting him to Stephon Diggs, a guy who's played really well in the NFL already up to this point, wanted out of uh, of Minnesota. And I actually listened to the Brandon Bean interview where he talked about this, the maneuvers to get Stephon Diggs, um, the guys who they were interested in, the guys who they, they missed out on. Uh, they they This was a thing in the, the running for almost six months for them to get Stephon Diggs, to trade a first-round pick to get him. And that was such an addition to their offense. And for a guy that didn't have that much chemistry, like didn't have any time really with Diggs in the offseason, and they ended up de- developing developing really well as a combo. Losing John Brown, they got to find – now, I, I think they – I mean, they already have Gabriel Davis. I think he'll be fine. Um, Cole Beasley's been solid yeah. for him. They, I still think they attack wide receiver in this draft just because – it's a good draft for wide receiver. Yes, it is. Uh, there's a lot, especially if you're looking for speed guys, it's a good draft for speed guys in the later rounds. Uh, a guy who I haven't mentioned already, Dwayne Eskridge, blew up the senior bowl. A little bit older of a prospect, about 24, 25 already. So he's probably not making it to the end. You know, you're not really probably extending him beyond this deal. But again, a guy who could probably get late day two, early day three. You know, maybe his senior bowl performance pushed him up a little too high for that but still a guy who they might be interested in grabbing. Um, they This team does have a couple of issues, right, from when you look at last year. Uh, pressure, they really had a hard time getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, the defense actually took a step back last year, uh, partially because they couldn't really, you know, Jerry Hughes is getting older. They really didn't have somebody else to help pressure the quarterback. Uh, I think that's why they were interested in going after J.J. Watt. And they were part of the at least one of the teams that inquired about JJ Watt. I don't know how deep into the JJ Watt conversations they were, um, but they were apparently one of the ones that was interested. Uh, and of course, they're going to call and make phone calls on everybody. Uh, edge rusher is definitely a thing that they got to address or detackle again. But they also remember they drafted Brandon Oliver not too long ago. 
Um, so I think they might look at edge rusher in this draft class. Like I said before, edge rusher is going to be a big thing for a lot of the teams in this draft, especially for the ones drafting at the end of the first round because it's such a weirdly, like I said, deep class that the teams at the end of the first and early second are going to have their an opportunity to really get guys that might develop into really good players. Um, guard. They could not run the ball for anything. No. Like, they, the, the Baltimore Ravens game, which they they beat the Ravens, they did really well, but they went, like, I think a whole quarter and a half without ever running the ball. And, like, I think for the first half of the game, I think they ran it twice, and one of those was a Josh Allen scramble. They need to get better at running the ball. And that means I think they have to attack guard. Like, their guard situation's been not great. Jonathan Feliciano, okay, not a guy I really want being my starting guard. Uh, I know they le- they they released Quentin Spain mid year this year. He went and joined up with the Bengals. Didn't play well with the Bengals either. Um, I think they could look at guys like Creed Humphrey in this draft, although he's mainly been a center, but could probably play guard for them. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker of USC, uh, Landon Collins, uh, Landon Dickerson uh, is center. Alabama has played all five spots though on the offensive line. He's coming off of uh, torn ACLs, had some uh, health issues, but man, that guy's a bully. Yeah. Um, when people talk about a guy that they lost uh, when they traded, they traded Wyatt Teller to the Browns, and now the guy is looking like an all-pro right guard for the Browns. If you're talking about a guy who looks a lot like Wyatt Teller, it's Landon Dickerson. Now it also comes down to what your run scheme is. Luckily, they got to keep Brian Dable, a guy who I thought was going to get signed in free agency this year, ends up going ahead and sticking with him for one more year. Uh, I don't know how many options were on the table for him to, to actually take jobs. Part of it might be that they, they made it so far in the playoffs that he just didn't have the opportunity to really get a job uh, for one of the teams looking for a head coach. Big miss on those other teams, by the way, that didn't take that because I think he's going to be a great head coach one day. Um, Wyatt Davis, did I mention Wyatt Davis already? I don't think so. Wyatt Davis, Ohio State, really good uh, guard uh, prospect as well. If you're looking for a little bit deeper uh, Quinn Marintz out of uh, Whitewater. He's going to be a, a, a big one on day three, probably third-round guy that people are going to be looking at. I've heard rumors that he might go second round. That seems a little rich for a guy whose tape is not amazing. Did really well at the Senior Bowl. Teams got to meet with him. Did show up very well at the Senior Bowl. Um, so I, I could see that. I could see them doubling up on guard. I could see them especially. But the, the good thing is, is they have their center. They have their right tackle in Darrell Williams, and they have Deion Dawkins. Those three spots are set. Now you just got to figure out your right guard, your left guard, and that offensive line is good. And th- they were solid as far as pass blockers go. Cody, Cody Ford, guy who they drafted a couple years ago in the second round, played pretty well for them. Um, but I, I think you know he still hasn't really shown up as a run blocker. May I, I don't see them going any further in free agency, though. They only have about $4.9 million. Maybe they get a little bit more out of a restructure. But they don't have a lot of money to just be thrown around. So, and you got to have money to sign your uh, your draft class as well. Yeah. So, I I think the Buffalo we kind of said as much yeah. as you can about Buffalo. They yeah. really can't attack free agency. They kept really was, the idea was kind of keeping guys, and I think they they, they did sh- a pretty good job at that. Yes, they they did an amazing job of it. The two guys that they did get that did walk away, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Um, corner is the before we jump off. Corner is the other position. Somebody outside of Trey White on that defense to be on the other side of the field. That, I think, would be a position they could boost up. Uh, Levi Wallace has been okay there. You know, they've always seen they keep on rotating guys. Josh Norman, Levi Wallace. Um, I think was it uh, EJ Gaines was there one year. Uh, they had Taron, was it Taron Johnson who had the, the pick six in the playoff game? He's been solid for them at slot. But I, I, I could see them, again, addressing corner in this draft. Dolphins. Right. Talk about the Finns. Finns got uh got some money, right? Top fifty one. They got thirty three million dollars. Um, Kyle Van Noy. They just released. Uh, they traded for Isaiah Wilson from the Tennessee Titans. It's a big deal because they needed offensive line help. Yeah, they have not been good on the offensive lines, and you know even when they had Tunsil, Tunsil was the only really big thing there. Uh, well, now he's wasting away in Houston. Yeah. Now that was a that was a trade that ended up paying off dividends, I guess. Um, gives them the number three overall pick. Yeah, two first round picks after in this a ten win season. Yeah, 
And they have a high second round pick because they have the top two picks of the Houston's in this draft class. So they also have a high second rounder as well. So you have about four picks in the top two rounds. That's going to be a really good deal for them. Uh, they are going to be able to add a lot of young talent to this roster this year, especially if they trade down from three, which is probably a very likely option. Yes. Unless they decide to draft a quarterback at number three. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later because mm. there's also been talks about uh, another quarterback maybe that they try to trade for. We already mentioned a little bit about yes, him. Yes, we did. Um, Deshaun Watson, right? I think this is the team that if, the, if somebody was going to make a really blow-me-away offer, this is the team that could do it and not cripple their own team, yeah. right? Like that's, The Jets could do it and not cripple their team because they have free agent money. Uh, the, the Miami Dolphins could do it because they still have plenty of draft capital, and both teams have plenty of draft capital. Um the only issue is is that I, I think Miami I, I think what Miami can offer is also Tua and maybe even defensive players. Because like, hey, we can there's been talks about maybe they trade away Xavier Howard, right? A guy who they just extended a few years ago. Now he's starting to make a little bit of a, a fuss because he's not the highest paid corner on the team. Byron Jones is, but Xavier Howard had this all pro year where he got like a ridiculous amount of interceptions, probably should have been defensive player of the year candidate. Um, so I, I think that makes sense that they are a high, highly likely team to trade for Tua because they could just blow the doors off of Houston if Houston made him available. Yeah. You get your number one, you get your number three pick back. You can get your second rounder back. We could even give you our first rounder this year. And even if they gave him a first rounder next year and Xavier Howard and Tua, like that's still they would still have the just the talent and the the picks to be able to really attack the positions that they need to attack. So um they released Kyle Van Noy seemed like a surprise out of nowhere, but I think part of that was because uh, Van Ginkle started playing really well this year. They liked him. Ogba, free agent they signed last year formerly of the Browns and the Chiefs. Uh, he played really well last year for them as a pass rusher. Uh Shaq Lawson did not do Amazing for them, but was solid. Um, the trade for Isaiah Wilson, though, I think that might be like that. That might be some nice little arbitrage there. He had some uh, in between the ears issues when he's been at the Titans, uh, basically like tweeting out that he doesn't want to be a Titan anymore. Like that's yeah. kind of a rough situation. Uh, so much for your first round pick, Tennessee. Um, th their draft did not end up playing for them at all last year. They they uh, he had a couple of issues, a couple of off the field issues. And now he gets to go to Miami. He also might have been a little overdrafted. Uh, I kind of had him as a late second round kind of guy that I would have been eager on because he has the the athleticism and like the power. Um, but like athleticism wise, as far as like, he would be very good for a like again if you're running like a gap power scheme, you're not really needing him to do a lot. Just bulldoze guys over. Really good at that. I don't want him necessarily getting on the move too much because I I don't think he can. He's a very much a lumbering kind of guy. Still, again, good trade option. Good good move getting a guy who, for a little bit of value. Um, don't know how how involved he will be, but they need offensive line. Um, I don't really see too many other cuts coming this offseason because keep in mind, we already said they have $33 million. That's That, that puts them well in the top 10 for free agent money. They, so they don't really have to do much already. Um, they could spend that money and not do anything else to their roster. A um, couple of guys who are going to be free agents, Vince Beagle, Matt Breida, Ryan Fitzpatrick's the biggest name that's leaving. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal that they're losing him because, to be honest, like when he He's played— the better quarterback. Yeah, when they played, he was probably the better quarterback. Uh, I remember the Raiders game. They put him in at the last second to, to, to help beat the Raiders, and that was the reason why they won against the Raiders. Was the fact that they got him back in the game? They they put him in the game and pulled Tua. He won that game at the last second. I don't see him sticking around. I think he goes to a team where he gets to be a full time starter. Uh, they could release Bobby McCain and Eric Rowe and save some money. I don't think they do that because they played really well for them. And like we said before, good safeties, especially when they know your scheme and can get guys in the right places. I just don't see them trying to dump their their safety situation right now, especially guys who are as versatile as McCain and Rowe. Um, team needs offensive line. Yep. Some speed at receiver, yeah. like Devonte Parker is, is, is okay, but not like not the not your go-to. Not he's not a like so. 
he is a he has some speed to him. The problem is he's been better. The things that he's been good at in the NFL are not really the speed stuff, but more of the contested catch stuff, picking the ball away from guys, um, getting downfield and just beating you know just beating out DBs for the ball. He's not the guy who's going to get more separation than NFL separation. He's not crazy separation, dude. He's solid at separation. He'll, he'll, he'll get a little bit of separation, but the real cool thing about him is that he's got he's just got that that body to bully people. And again, he has the athleticism to really cause some real problems, but I just it, he has not fit with what Tua does well. Um, they still have Jakeem Grant. He's like the one speed guy left on the roster. Preston Williams, again, another big-bodied guy who's not really getting open. Really worked well when you had Ryan Fitzpatrick. Really doesn't necessarily work well when you have Tua, who is a quarterback who's adjusting to the NFL, getting used to the concept of NFL open. So that's those are really my primary concerns. Uh, in the draft, again, receiver they might look at, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell. Uh, I think Jalen Wall will be actually perfect for them. Familiarity with Tua Tagovailoa, uh, speed guy who could totally break it loose. Uh, we mentioned a couple other receivers before, Jalen Darden, Elijah Moore, if you were going a little bit deeper into the draft. I think they take, uh, unless they are looking to go for an offensive lineman up in the top 10, I think wide receiver is probably going to be what they attack in the top 10. Either one would be fine. There's Darisol, there's Slater, there's, you know, they have the the chance to get Penny Sewell in the top 10. That would help bolster their offensive line, any of those guys. Um, and that might be the thing that they value more. I didn't like a lot of their offensive line picks last year. Hunt played okay for them this year. Austin Jackson, the first rounder, did not play that great, but he was solid. Not even solid, he was just not great. But we'll see what ends up coming out of him. Maybe he develops. Maybe they kick him around. On to, maybe they switch him around where he is on the offensive line, give him a little bit of help. Uh, other than that, defensively, uh, they, they're always going to draft defensive guys. Again, this is very much a Patriots-style team with a little bit of flair. Um, I think rushers, like they're going to get an edge rusher, I think, in this draft class. They're going to attack wide receiver, offensive line, all those things. And by the way, there's going to be a lot of offensive linemen. If they're looking to, to solidify their offensive line right now, there's guys that are becoming available. Trey Turner got released. Kevin Zeitler got released. Um, Gabe Jackson of the Raiders got released. There's a lot of guys who are becoming free agents as we speak. Uh, Andrew Norwell over the Jacksonville Jaguars may get released or traded. There's just going to be a lot of available talent for guard going into this offseason that maybe if they want to boost their guard situation now, they offer them some solid cheap deals and maybe they'd be able to fix the offensive line right now. Any thoughts further on the, the Miami Dolphins? I think you pretty much covered it. And I just want to put on record, I pray they do not get Deshaun Watson because we just got rid of Brady. <laughs> jo Josh Allen is looking like he's going to be good. That's the last thing we need right now. I'll say this, Deshaun Watson would fit that receiving core much better. Oh, yeah. Um, Devontae Parker and Deshaun Watson would be an intriguing duo, especially given how Deshaun Watson worked with DeAndre Hopkins and with uh, Mike Williams when he was at Clemson. That's, that's the kind of guy who uh, matches that style very well. Yeah. Uh, so this has been Draft Vice. We've been talking about the AFC East. If you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, Death is in the End of Life, Punch Like a Delicious Drink You Drink in the Summer. And you can follow Harry. At Harry Van Ness on OnlyFans. And uh, like, follow, subscribe, look at the other videos. This one probably ran quite a bit of time, but uh, thank you. We're on the when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about the past, I'm about the future.